This is Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm Wayne Shepard here with Ed Cannon, president of FEBC. You know, Ed, we're going to hear a conversation you had with a very good friend here on the mm-hmm, program mm-hmm. today. Something a little different, though. Yep. FEBC is a spiritual ministry. We proclaim the gospel. That's what we do. That's our message, pure and simple, the gospel message. But it's a large organization scattered around the world, and it needs best business practices as well. So we're going to talk about that. That has been my focus, Wayne, since I came here at FEBC. You know, people say, well, we're a ministry, not a business. But that doesn't give us the excuse to perform poorly in the arena of business and business practices. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people used to say, well, this is not a Fortune 500 company. But I say, well, (laughs) we serve the Lord. (laughs) And so there's no reason we should be any less proficient at business than Fortune 500 companies. Matter of fact, we should be better than them right. because of the guidance and counsel we get on how to do our business from the Lord himself. Yeah. So we do focus heavily on things like strategic planning. And I met Jim Wirt many years ago when we were working together uh, with another ministry. And uh, Jim is a top-of-class Harvard MBA grad. Consummate strategist. Isn't Brilliant he? man. Yeah. He has experienced a lot of business practices. He's worked with uh, Fortune 500 companies and large ministries. And um, well, when you listen to this interview, you'll understand. Right. So we have partnered together to make FEBC function like a top class um, Fortune 500 business. Mm-hmm. And um I think that's really helped our ability to be effective in the way yeah. we do God's work. I think it gives donors confidence, too, to know that that's, that's the kind of thinking behind this ministry. Well, it should, because when you do things uh, like a good business, not only are you very effective in the way the ministry is uh, functioning in terms of the outcomes, uh, the, the way people hear the gospel, but also we can do it. Uh, more efficiently financially. Yeah. Well, you had the conversation with Jim recently, so let's listen to that now. I think we'll all benefit from this. Here's it. Well, today I have the privilege to speak on mic with a good friend and colleague of mine, Jim Wirt. Uh, we speak face-to-face all the time Indeed. about FEBC, but we just thought, uh, Jim, this is a podcast that we have for people who, uh, particularly who know and love the ministry of FEBC and You have seen it from a different perspective in in your life. Jim and I have been working together on strategy for nearly 20 years. And um, Jim's worked with Fortune 500 companies, a lot of large ministries in the United States and some overseas. But you've seen FEBC from the inside, Jim. Sure. You and I have traveled to probably a dozen at least countries and worked with staff around there. So from your perspective, in comparison to what you've seen in in other ministries and other church work that you do, how is FEBC distinctive? Okay, um, I go a couple of places with that answer, and we can dive in if you want to more deeply. Um, I think the first place I would uh, camp on for a while is missional focus. Um, most ministries and most organizations have got to figure that out. You know, what what are we in business to do, or what has God called us to do? Um, as I think about FEBC, particularly in all of its various places, and it is in so many different uh, physical locations and different cultures and different ages of ministry, there is a, a continuing attention to a core mission, which is um, fairly unshakable. Um, 
And by unshakable, I mean it is um, driving a sense of passion and purpose. And it's constantly in front of leaders around the world um, that are asking the question, are we still on on mission? Are we still on task? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would compare it, for example, to even a, a Pauline um, kind of a focus as he's thinking about what what's my calling, um, both as an individual leader within the church as well as with a, with a team, you know, the Lukes and the Barnabases mm-hmm. and John Marks and so on. Uh, Paul was really clear that he was all about reaching parts of the world that had not yet heard the gospel and uh, that he was going to plant churches in those especially city centers. His ministry was to the Gentiles, not to the to the existing Jews, and he wanted to get to the ends of the earth. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's FEBC's mission, too. There are lots of potential distractions from that. Um, there are lots of needs around the world. There are lots of, you know, there could be a crisis, and FEBC has ways of trying to address that in things like um, their historic um, first response radio. But at the core, there is an, that all may hear kind of an ethic that informs every expression of FEBC field's reason for existing. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves about that, and that's why we do strategic planning in various uh, different countries or fields. But there's a missional passion to mm-hmm. that um, that um, I think FEBC has done a particularly good job at mm-hmm. staying on focus. Mm-hmm. And if we start drifting, then it's time to ask the right mm-hmm. questions to get us back on the focus. Yeah, and that kind of summarizes Jim and my personal working relationship with FEBC because Jim particularly helps us with strategic planning country to country. And uh, you might think FEBC has one strategic plan, but no, because Pakistan is so different than Korea, is so different than China, is so different than the Philippines, uh, not only in culture, but in religious backgrounds and in the ability to use radio as a tool. We have to have different strategic plans everywhere. So I've done this quite a number of times with you, Jim. Right. But we always start in the same place. Yeah, yeah. What is it we're trying to accomplish? Yeah, yeah. And by making that crystal clear to everybody, it's it's surprising how eye-opening that is. Yeah. The 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 variation on that, even as you said, there are lots of different expressions and lots of cultural yeah. differences and distinctions. There are different um, places. So the um, the ministry context in the Philippines, mm-hmm. which has a large church presence, mm-hmm. is obviously radically different than the ministry context in Cambodia or certainly Vietnam or um, e- other places in East Asia. But there is still the common focus. Yeah. Um, a word that I have picked up over the years that I really like, um, it's kind of a made-up word, is glocal. The combination of global and local. Oh, glocal. So it's a new you, word for me today. So you have this global commitment to a common mission mm-hmm. along with its local expressions that are legitimate. And so the FEBC model is one of this curious combination of lots of independent um, field ministries. Yeah. They have their own boards. They have their own charge to raise up the necessary resources. They have their own strategic plans. Um, and we've helped many of those ministries. Right. And yet there is this common thread. And that's really where I got introduced to FEBC, however many years ago it was, was coming to one of these common meetings of all of these various fields right. 
who were trying to be resources for one another, encouragers and prayer um, warriors for one another, while simultaneously thinking about what is it that keeps us together? That's the global part of it. As I think about, and that's another distinction for me about FEBC, is that global component, and we're getting stronger about it. I would draw a distinction between what I would call a multinational organization and a a global organization. A multinational organization is just a collective of individual entities that may happen to be operating in lots of different parts of the world. And they may combine or get together and share some common best practices or at least keep up to date or just share a common brand. You know, it's it's we're FEBC and that's good because we can help raise resources or attract people to that mission in our part of the world. Increasingly, FEBC is trying to think about how is our combination stronger? What are the common values that we have? Um, how are we raising up a next generation of leaders, not only for one country, but for FEBC as a network? Right. And so another thing that you and I have been working on, especially lately, have been these things we've labeled common strategy initiatives. Mm-hmm. And that's that's unusual. Um, it's not um, unique. You know, and We even did some benchmarking conversations right. with some other organizations, big multinational ones that were trying to get more globally coordinated and more globally accountable um, and uh, develop mechanisms how, how that could work. Um, and that's finding expression, concrete expression mm-hmm. within FEBC. So we've got a leadership development initiative. We've got a good governance initiative. We're trying to think about how can we create stronger innovation as a strength, a core strength across all of right. FEBC. And when, when you have um, leaders from around the world who are thinking not only about what do we need to accomplish in our, our field, our country, but what can we accomplish together that's bigger than just the collection of the parts, then all of a sudden that's, that's, that can be very powerful, yeah, yeah. expressed within the context of FEBC International. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is another unique component that we've been pursuing a lot. You know, people might think while we're talking about a, a, a strategic focus on a common mission of the organization, and that that's, that's pretty simple and pretty easy. But as, as you and I have discovered, as we're going around country to country, uh, mapping the, the strategic plan for the future, it's not that easy. Right. Because in the face of a lot of hunger and disease and a child abuse and all these kinds of issues that pop up in different cultures in the world, it's hard to ignore those and say, we're going to let somebody else take care of that because we're going to take care of the gospel. It's really not as easy as you think because people say, well, this is a a tremendous need. We need to concentrate on getting these people access to food or clean water or or medical care. But if we do that, we take our eye off the ball of why we're here. Right. And we use radio to communicate the gospel. Certainly, we partner with other organizations exactly. that can come alongside of us and, and deal with medical needs and, and nutritional needs and those sorts of things. But when we allow ourselves to slip into those being part of the primary function, right. Right. it takes away from our ability to do the main thing. And Jim, how many hours have you and I spent in these meetings discussing that and concentrating right. on it and right. trying to figure that out? Right. That's, that's, that's absolutely right. 
it, it speaks to that glocal word again. Yeah, I like um, that word. That, that is that the local part of that word is another real distinctive that I think is true for FEBC that not only is it um, true in practice, but it's really a true in philosophy that we understand even to the point where, you know, we, we've talked about in parts of the world where the accent or the facility of a given native language has got to be credible mm-hmm. and, you know, the kind of uh, content that people who don't know Christ want to be able to hear and are willing to listen to. And it doesn't sound like it's a foreigner. It right. sounds like it's one of us. Right. So that ethic is really pressed in in terms of the creation of content and the communication of that content into locally relevant Right. relevant ways. And it, it will look different in different places, whether it's a podcast or a video, you know, we're sparing people, I hope, any kind of video of us because we don't have faces no, for radio. No, no video today. But but FEBC has integrated uh, more and more digital content, more and more mm-hmm. online content as part, mm-hmm. which I guess would be another broad distinction um, if I think about COVID years and post-COVID years. And there are other ministries that do this, but I think FEBC has been working hard at the discipline of adaptability, mm-hmm. that is, um, recognizing whether it's in how we raise funds or other resources or how we do programming, um, the kinds of messaging and um, a voice of hope that's rooted in the gospel, um, there have been tremendous adaptations that have been been necessary. Um, COVID is an example of one of those forces at work. And I think the COVID years have been extraordinarily fruitful, honestly, for FEBC. Um, but it also, you know, connects to things like political tensions or restrictions. And FEBC continuously takes that reality and then thinks about, well, if that particular door is closed for us, well, what are we going to do that stays on mission but looks at different, you know, we're not married to just one model. Right. Um, we might like a model, but, you know, take, for example, a, you know, an, a, an East Asia seminary. And all of a sudden, there are more restrictions. So we come up with different ways of reaching leaders in the church to be able to equip them to reach their neighbors, their brothers and sisters, their their communities with the gospel, with new tools. Nimble and, and agile is yeah. what we talk about all the time. Yeah. And that is clearly modeled. And I've even seen that in my 12 years here at FABC where we've moved from thinking that we're like a shortwave radio ministry. Right. Uh, to to the place where and you and I communicate this all the time in the yeah, strategic yeah. planning You're we're right. a, we're a content delivery organization yeah it doesn't matter the platform it could be shortwave radio am fm social media websites cell phone apps right. even tiktok these days yeah. Yeah. you know we, we, god forbid i'm using the tiktok platform but <laughs> he's given that to us right right and some of our young people in countries like we just saw in kazakhstan are using that very, very powerfully right. for spread of the gospel. Right. So, And you're wise enough that to do a couple of things. And we do this when we're driving around Chicago today. Um, you're, you're wise enough to um, put people who can really understand the platforms who are not old people like us <laughs> right. um, and, and to use them well and give them the freedom to explore 
and to um, to pursue something like TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing we're driving around today that occurred to me is, you know, we're looking at things like an FM tower and saying, is that still going to be relevant yeah. for us? <laughs> exactly. Really. Uh, or you raise shortwave. I mean, FEBC grew on a let's, let's figure out how to get through the bamboo curtain using shortwave radio. Yeah to be able to reach people who would not hear about Jesus any That's other right. way. That's right. Um, and wonderful stories that come out of that kind of a legacy in history, and yet we're always questioning, is this still working? Yeah. Um, and, and it's always with, is the gospel being spread and advancing, and can we tell that that's happening? It's kind that's of right. that outcome orientation versus yep. being married to one single model. Yeah. So you take what happened in Russia— and all of a sudden, we lost all of our terrestrial radio capacity at the stroke of a government pen. The two big AM stations, yeah. one in St. Petersburg, one in Moscow. And now, Ed, how many new listeners versus those days do we have in Russia? It, we, we've kind of quit counting, Jim. It's so high. Yeah. Just our one broadcaster, you know him, Eugenie. Yeah. yeah. He has over a million people a day yeah. streaming live his content. We don't know how many people are downloading it offline. Right. Lots. We don't even count that anymore. And he's not the only one. Yeah, yeah. So when we're nimble and agile and we realize we're in the business of getting the gospel to the people the most effective way, right. it can change constantly. And we're willing to do that because, in part, because of our partnership with you, yeah. focusing constantly yeah. on strategy. We, we don't care how we do what we do. It's what we do that matters. Yeah. And that's proclaiming the good news of Christ in an effective way so that people hear it, understand it, and, and, and come to faith. Well, and then that, that might be a last thing that we want to talk about, because there is a God-dependent resilience that's true about FEBC, in my view, mm -hmm. that it's not just that we're going to come up with creative new options. It's kind of like we believe, regardless of whatever happens, that God is at work. He's going to open up new territory or new doors or creative new models. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We will figure out a way. We will sustain. I mean, what's going on? I mean, literally this morning with huge um, terrorist attacks in Pakistan mm -hmm. or some of the reports that we're receiving, mm -hmm. are we going to get out of Pakistan? No. Absolutely not. We, we are committed. We, we may not even know what's going to be the next model that's going to work, but we believe God is at work there. And we're dependent on, you know, not just strategy consultants or smart CEOs. We're dependent on God to yeah. help yeah. us figure that out. And that's exactly what happened in Russia. All of a sudden, if you roll the clock back, we would choose to have those FM stations closed yeah. down because yeah. it opened up such tremendous new territory that's right. that we were prepared to take advantage of. We had a strategic plan. Yeah. But that's kind of part of that strategic thinking is being ready Yep. To react to and adapt to whatever the new conditions are, trusting that God is going to yeah. be before us. And so that's that's FEBC for me. And that's the way I value your partnership, Jim. You and I are constantly looking at how we adapt the organization to fulfill our goal. Right. While adhering to the kind of uh, strategic pillars that you've already mentioned, we use local voices. Yeah. We, we use people who are networked with the local culture, who understand best how to operate in that world. They understand the, what the people think, how they live. So our communication is effective in that regard. And we stick to the mission of the organization Amen. that we keep focusing on broadcasting God's gospel because it comes with great power, doesn't Amen. it? It does. And we get the privilege to work with these brave and courageous folks all around the world who are committed to that mission and effectively use the various platforms to communicate his message. Amen. Let's keep doing it. Let's do some more. 
Back into today's studio now with Ed Cannon. What an interesting conversation. You and Jim work together so well and have around the world, as you said. Well, he's a very gifted and talented guy, and I think our ministry deserves the best we can possibly come up with. Yeah. Uh, we never look at our uh, the business platform that we operate under as being second class to anybody. We have to be the best of the best, including secular organizations, and we try really hard to do that. Right. And with people like Jim, it's very easy. Yep. Who also believes in the message that we believe in, the he message does. of the gospel. Yeah. So Very committed. All right. Jim Wirt, our guest today with Ed Cannon here on Until All Have Heard. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, febc.org. Take advantage of the prayer target available to you, which will highlight ministry in many of these countries and tell you how to pray for these countries. Look for the prayer target at febc.org. For producer Joe Carlson and Wayne Shepherd, until all have heard is a production of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Thanks for listening.